We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Deus. Nick Deus 10 is where you can find me on social media. Check out the website, veteransminimum.com. You can get some merch. You can get access to the Patreon. Join the Patreon. That's how we help keep the lights on and buy all this equipment. Got some fun ideas coming out. Rebranding the Patreon as well. Join the Discord. All that. Uh, access to all things VM are on there. My guy is in the building. A double. We're going to be rivals tomorrow night. On the soccer field, right? Wait, this is coming out Thursday, though. Yeah, I know, but we can still on. talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's all right. We're right, playing right. soccer against each yes, other. Yes, we are playing soccer against each What's other. It's going right? to be nice. Oh, we're first right now. The Peroni Pirates are in first place right now. Wow. Three wins, one loss, a goal differential, plus eight. So wow. we're, we're doing very well. I'm a, I'm a contributor. I'm not going to claim to be like I'm a big focal point, but I'm a contributor. Let's go. <laughs> we're two and two. Uh, we slapped the shit out of some team last Monday, and we play Allen's team. On Monday, I think so. you're fifth. So this is a this is like Man City against Arsenal, <clears throat> and you best believe it's gonna be a beating like Man City Arsenal. <laughs> Let's go, man! I'm fired up. I told, I told my group chat with all the all the guys and the girls, I was like, "Yo, we play Allen's team next week. I can't have him come on the pod again and just run in his mouth." <laughs> uh, I said, "I'm not a big focal point, so I'm just gonna gonna speak my piece, and that's it." Fair, fair. We should do a jersey swap. It might be the. We first. are no. I yeah. thought we definitely are. Yeah, we're doing I, don't, I don't give a damn how controversial it is. I don't care what the scoreline is. It's at the end of the day, soccer is about respect. We're doing the fair game. game. Where is F- well FIFA? But yeah. F- fair game, whatever. We're doing the first ever Astoria Park jersey swap for sure. <laughs> I always th- what was like like the NFL players. I've tried to think of like sub the jersey swaps. I always think of Odell before anyone else. Like Odell is like the best jersey. Dude, swap. I think Odell might have started it. Probably, because he's the first person that comes to mind when it comes to Jersey Swap. I really do, because he was always, like, he was into soccer. He played soccer growing right. up, too, so he follows soccer. He's he's good friends with, like, David Alaba, Real Madrid. I like, saw Mbappe with him. Yeah, yeah. So he's someone who I feel like he might have been the one to start that. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go and check, but I think... I remember it becoming more popular with him. Yeah. And now, now like, everyone does Jersey Swap. Yeah, it's swap. cool, man. It's cool, Cause yeah. Because, dude, sports, man. It's respect. <laughs> uh 
we are going to talk about the top 10 NFL concerns for teams heading into this season that can potentially derail their season. Mm -hmm. So these are 10 storylines, uh, takes, whatever it might be. You phrase it. We elaborate. We talk about it. But it's 10 things that might happen to the team that can derail their season. Mm -hmm. You know, They might have Super Bowl aspirations. They might have playoff aspirations. And if this particular thing goes down, it's going to ruin their season. Uh, and we've made a list, and we have some <clears throat> that we're going to bounce back and forth. Do you want to lead us off? Yeah, I could start off. I think one of the more, I guess, enigmas right now, and I, they're always in the headlines because they are quote-unquote America's team, even though they're really not America's team because most America dislikes them. But how it's not just how they're going to replace the players they lost, but just the Dallas Cowboys, how are they going to deal with this likely regression? So the Cowboys had a plus-14 turnover margin last year ironically it was them and the colts which is very bizarre the fact that neither team colts didn't make the playoffs the cowboys got bounced at first round like these teams had such high turnover margins yet they didn't quite play up to expectations and we've mentioned this in the past this isn't something you can expect the cowboys and the colts to be plus 14 mm -hmm. to even be plus five heading right. into next year it's unless you have a special defense like the legion of boom mm. the palomalu steelers like if you the, the ravens, ravens yeah. if you have like a iconic defense then yes we don't know what this defense is going to be like yeah. but i agree with what you're saying and you know because we just you can't bank on trayvon Diggs having double digit interceptions you can i think bank on micah parsons causing mayhem because mm -hmm. he's just that good of a player but how the cowboys deal with that regression is gonna be big because you know, they, yes, they could have like a positive turnover, but it's not going to be that high again. And they're going to be playing a first place schedule, and they got to make up for a lot of losses. Whether it's Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory, like those, I think are two big ones. Gallup uh, until November. Yeah. Cedric Wilson, who anytime he would come in for a Cooper mm -hmm. or a Lamb or Gallup, he would have like three for one twenty and a touchdown. You're like, what the hell? And they still have to try to find a, the best ways to utilize Zeke because of that contract. Even though I think it's probably going to be last year Zeke there, but they're still managing that. So. Just a general, like how they're gonna make up for the losses defensively, and then offensively still, because they have this reputation of being like this high power offense. When I think it's not quite at that level. Like they're a good offense, but I don't think they're high power. I think they just they have a, they have a, they're very front heavy. Like they have their star power, but the depth is a concern. And after this offseason, I think it's a real concern. So, uh, but ultimately, it's just how do you how they if they can't force turnovers and Dak is a little iffy with the ball, I could see their season crumbling pretty quickly i would call the cowboys an efficient offense they're efficient yeah because i felt like they would get they would get turnovers with like trayvon Diggs, and then like two plays later they'd score a touchdown mm -hmm. like it was very methodical dalton schultz had a big year mm -hmm. tony pollard things like that but i agree man it's just something i always look at that when i'm looking at like handicapping what a team is going to look like next year talking about it from a betting perspective just like you know your record in one score games you can't expect to go eight and one if you went eight and one. You also can't expect to go one and eight. Sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. We yeah. talk about that all the time. Uh, turnover margin is another one, and then strength of schedule. So they, I don't know exactly what their one score record is. I believe it was like five and three, but that's about the norm. If you're like five hundred, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But you're right, man. I'm with you. I think that's one that could definitely derail their season, especially when I think I was talking about this on the NFC East pod with MP. I feel like they're the only team that got worse in that division. Giants definitely got better. Absolutely, Eagles got better. Washington now, Washington. I don't know where to fall on them. I think they're just there. It is what it is. But they. I can't really say they got better. That's true. Like 
Yeah. Like what? Besides once, what other noble moves did they made? I can't even off the top of my head. Like what did they really do in the off season? I feel like it was a very quiet off season. Like okay, they somewhat upgraded QB, but we come on, we know Carson Wentz. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'm, I'm being I, I don't think they got worse. They definitely didn't get worse. I'll say that. But um. A lot of question marks. Yeah, but but Dallas definitely got worse. There's there's no way getting around it. Like they got hit hard this offseason. I think everyone kind of knew, especially with the whole Randy Gregory situation. If they would have kept Randy Gregory somehow, I would be feeling a lot better because he was a huge difference maker for, for them last year, and I just felt he was like a real strong piece that D line with Lawrence and and Parsons rushes as well. Yeah, that's a that's a huge subtraction for them, and he pulled a fast one when he went to went to Denver the way he did. Um, I'm gonna lead off with mine and i think it's the buffalo expectations now it's easy when you are flying under the radar you're like the the Bengals, right mm-hmm. Bengals had no pressure on them all of last year they're the most heavily wagered team on like eight different sports books to win the super bowl they're the super bowl favorite josh allen is the super bowl sorry is the nfl mvp front runner he's gotten a lot of money on him and tickets people mm-hmm. are betting him you know they're motivated from the loss last year how they lost to kansas city that epic playoff game and they've done a lot i feel like in the offseason you know they bring in jamison crowder who he might not start on your fantasy team but dude is gonna win games for them. he creates mismatches he everywhere. creates mismatches he's a big upgrade with cole beasley, cole beasley. Yeah. yeah absolutely and think about the quarterbacks he's played with the last mm-hmm. couple of years like this is a you're getting the arguably one of we've talked about this in the past. Like if I knew for a fact that he's gonna have an A game, I'm not taking anyone over Josh mm-hmm. Allen. So he's gonna have him. You got Gabriel Davis emerging as this like real weapon. You uh-huh. saw what he did last time we saw him, and you yeah. still got Stephon Diggs. Yeah. I love James Cook. Yeah. But now it's Dawson Knox is Dawson. a problem, especially after the catch. I feel like he's not the most reliable tight end, but Dawson Knox, when it comes to big plays, there's not many tight ends that could produce big plays like him. You're gonna get Tre'Davious White back. Yeah. Who was a, a big loss for you when it went down? Mm-hmm. You. Also, spent a draft pick on a DB as well mm-hmm. to, to improve that. Yeah. Um, we have that rotating defensive line that everyone loves. Headlined by Von Miller now. Von, oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Yeah. So, you get Von Miller also. Von, who, yeah. Be- who, okay, people are going to say not quite. He's 30, what, 32, 33 now? No, he's not going to be the same down-to-down monster, but he's still a very viable pass rusher. And we talk about this all the time, yeah. bro. He's motivated now because he's not playing on a on a Denver team yeah. that, that went down. <laughs> he's not playing on a Denver team that's going to win six games. He's right. on a Super Bowl. It's the same shit like when he went to the Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first two games were rocky until he figured it out, and mm-hmm. then him and, and, and Donald went nuclear in yeah. the playoff run and all yeah. those games. And Sean McDermott's very good at rotating <laughs> D-lines. Like, it's not, when, he, when Carolina, they went like 7-8 deep, so I think He's gonna keep Von Miller fresh, so I'm. It's you have to love what Buffalo's doing right now. There's Absolutely. a reason why everyone's buzzing about them, but you know I'm, I'm intrigued. So w- w- the concern you think is just all there's this pressure yeah. on you now, bro. There's pressure on. I mean, you. I feel like there was pressure on last year. Yeah, but not like this year though. Oh, this year the expert and the, and there's adversity too after one of the worst playoff losses. One of the worst playoff losses. Yeah, there was pressure on them last year, but now everybody is sort of picking them as like the favorite. They are the favorite. And I think that's a real thing for a city mm-hmm. that is, you know, their their buttholes are going to pucker up and get tight because you'll be thinking about those four Super Bowls that they lost back mm-hmm. and forth. You know, they'll be playing that. And can they get over the hump to finally bring a Super Bowl to Buffalo? And I feel like that's that's a real thing, man. I no. think that's, you know, the division I don't think is going to be as easy as it was last year. I think the division is a lot better. Collectively, 
I think Miami and the Jets improved. I would I, still I, take it, Buffalo it, to win them. They're, I, they're one of the biggest favorites. It got better. I don't know about. I don't think significantly better, but it got better. I think I have all the AFC divisions. I think you want to play in the AFC besides the South for obvious reasons, but like you know, we know how good AFC West is, and I think the AFC North is pretty complete, even though there are question marks there. I think Buffalo is a superior team to AFC East, even though there are some teams that got better. You don't buy that though, like expectations for a team, like the pressure of it. I just think they're so bout tested. And McDermott, they have taken the road. Yeah, like and, the and map has been like you know AFC title game. Like, heartbreaking. They've been going to playoffs since. 2017, like I know that was a rough, weird year with the whole Tyrod Taylor, Nathan Pierman thing, but like McDermott has a lot of coaching experience, and even before that with Carolina, like I was feel- it the Houston game, Josh Allen's rookie year too. Yeah, that was another one. So they've they've had their first round exits, but they've also had success. You know, they were in the conference championship two years ago. So uh, I'm not too worried about the whole pressure getting to them. I think it's just a matter of. I think their team, you really hope they, they got to get the number one seed because yeah. just based on a talent level and what that home field could do for them, I think this is their year to do it because Kansas City is going to take their lumps. Uh, even though Baltimore is really exciting, it still might be a bit of adjustment for them. And then, you know, as, even though the Colts are the heavy favorites, I don't expect the Colts to win more in 12 games. Like their roster is just not that level. So all the pieces are aligned for Buffalo to get that one seed. And I think that's kind of got to be their first objective because if they got home field, Ooh, that's massive. I really think whoever gets the one seed in the AFC goes to the Super Bowl. I think it's like that. I mean, it's usually like that. You know? Yeah, and that's if, true. If Mahomes, again, if Mahomes didn't turn to Blaine Gabbert yeah, in the second half, like... That's very fair. It would have been like that, too. So, I, yeah, we, we know how crucial. But I feel like is. Buffalo needs it more. Yeah. The, like, yo, Buffalo in January is not a good time. Imagine yeah. if you get the Chargers. I just, and I also just... There, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just think they got to get stay away from Arrowhead. I know they won the regular season in Arrowhead, but... Different yeah. animal. Yeah. You just yeah. I think they just gotta stay away from Arrowhead. Give me your second one. Oh man, one of my favorite teams. One of my teams I love talking on this podcast, but boy, this year it's gonna be quiet. The beanie is gonna be staying in the closet. Uh the Titans, I don't know how their offense can operate, but like they just if they can't be heavily relying on Derek Henry, I don't know how, how they're gonna move the ball. Uh, I don't know when they're gonna make the transition to Malik Willis, but it's just it, things are looking bleak. I know uh, you won't put too much stock into OTAs or rookie minicamp, but just seeing the reports about Trevion Burks just throwing up, not really catching passes, just looking completely overwhelmed. I know Jamar Chase had that issue last training camp, but I'm not, I think Jamar Chase and Trevion Burks are quite different prospects to say the least. So between that, we I think Woods is steady and. You know, Austin Hooper gave you a little bit, but that offense is just so – it just there's not a lot of explosiveness. Tannehill – staff that playoff loss, I'm just really down on him. But the old line got worse, losing Saffold. It's just things are looking bleak. And if Derrick Henry can't get back into superhuman form, I'm real concerned about them. Like I could I could see them winning only six games if if things go that south. They might be my favorite. If I could, if I could give out one favorite bet for the whole year, um, odds aside, just like it's my number one bet. I think it's the under nine and a half for the Titans. They're nine and a half. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'd be running. I'd be running right now. I can't see it. They lost both their wide receivers. First place schedule. First place schedule now. Derrick Henry, like the wear and tear you saw last year when they went mm-hmm. when he went down too. Though they did like weather the storm and 
were able to still be the one seed, no, but they were the not. most like. I'm I'm sh- I'm I'm shocked. They think they're in the NFC. I could see them maybe winning nine games in the NFC, but AFC, the way this conference is now, and now you know who they're playing in the NFC. Like, I mean, dude, I know week one they play the Giants. Uh, I've, oh, if they play the NFC East, okay, I think they could kind of make do with that. But it's just it, that offense is looking very bleak, and and who knows second year with Todd Downing what they're gonna look like. I feel like. They never quite got back into rhythm after losing Arthur Smith. So, dude, what about like this whole Malik Willis and and Tannehill beef? I know they they're kind of saying the right things now, but I think there's a lot of truth to that when you react the way that Tannehill did. Yeah, it obviously didn't help matters, but I think Malik Willis is such a project. Like, I think and I think Vrabel's gonna do everything possible not to put him on the field the first year. But if if the season's going downhill, why not play him at some point? But it's just that offense. They don't have a lot of explosiveness. As much as we all love Robert Woods, it's hard to bank on him as the main feature receiver. It really falls on Burks. Like Burks has to be the guy. If not, ooh, it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm real concerned about Tennessee. No, I agree with you. They're they're a full fade yeah. team. For yeah, me. yeah. If, if if Derek Henry can't run the ball 20, 25 times a game, it's it's gonna be ugly. Uh, one of mine, <clears throat> and uh, who knows, Jimmy G might get traded by the time this comes out. But even if he's there, I think Trey Lance, if he turns out to be a disaster, if he's not ready, mm-hmm. if they decide to move Jimmy G, or if they decide to just go with Trey Lance, like you are burning a bridge with a guy who has gotten you to the Super Bowl, has gotten you to an NFC title game. He don't do it for me, but he wins with them. Shanahan wins with him. He's pretty stable for the most part, like when he does play. I know the first year he got there, he like – tore his ACL and shit, mm-hmm. but he toughed it out in the playoffs too. He had like a broken thumb and shit. Yeah, like he, was he got it out. Up. Yeah. And it came down to, uh, they had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter against the Rams, a team mm-hmm. that they beat seven straight times of yeah. us heading into that. So if Trey Lance ends up being a disaster, whether it's this year or moving forward, but in particular this year, the the bridge you might be burning with Jimmy G, I think that could derail their season. Because that roster is in win now. That roster is ready to win. You know, I'm not saying they're old, but like, they're ready to win a Super Bowl. Like they put themselves in a position to be there. So, yeah, it really does fall on Trey Lance, and it's a guy who's played three games since 2019. It's asking a lot. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that they're asking a lot. But he's in a hell of a great offense with a hell of a great offensive mind. Like the the pieces are there for him to succeed. So you can't really ask for a better infrastructure. Give me one more of yours. I mean, we still have more. Yeah. Give me. Your um. Name. That Arizona defense is looking very questionable, problematic. Insert any sort of questionable. <laughs> and just, they're just lacking talent. Like kind of like at least Dallas has high end talent where they have game changers. Yeah, they got like all pros. Yeah, to me, besides Buda Baker and JJ Watt, this defense is looking very suspect. Like I don't know how they didn't dress corner because they had issues at corner last year, and now they like they're still banking out on Marco Wilson. Like that's not going to work out. Um, didn't really add any edge rushing help. I, I always like Marcus Golden as a complimentary piece, but when he's your main he's edge rusher, that. that's going to be a problem. The linebackers have really let them down. Remember, they banked on Collins and Simmons, and neither of them have really become. I know Collins was a rookie, so it comes up, but Simmons has not quite been that. Uh, we were call him a Swiss Army knife, or just someone that could play two to three different well, positions. The expectation of him coming out was he played like five hundred different snaps. Yeah, and like five different positions. Vance Joseph just hasn't quite fit him. Like, he was better last year, but 
he was supposed to he was supposed to be already he's one of the perform based yeah. on what the expectations Absolutely. were of him. So yeah, this Arizona defense, like they have enough problems to begin with, but like I could easily see his defense holding him back and them not make the playoffs because I just don't know how they can generate consistent pressure if JJ Watts injured and then who, who who's gonna cover something. And then the linebackers, can they start getting tougher? Because I think Arizona last year was the lightest team defensively. Like they're not a particularly big defense and teams were running on them pretty effectively. So can these linebackers handle the punishment? Didn't look like it last year. So I have huge concerns. And if that defense doesn't get better, you know, Arizona, they're already kind of like a borderline playoff team. Like I don't even think they could get the seventh seed if if their defense really falls apart. Yeah, and then also on the flip side, you have D-Hop is suspended. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly how many games, but he's their number one guy. And, you know, they, they lose Chase Edmonds, who I know they're going with Chase, James Conner, but I don't really like Conner as like a lead back. You know, got Darrell Williams behind him. Edmonds them. was a really good fit there. I know he didn't put up big numbers, but it just seemed like he was – they complement yeah. each other so well. I just feel like he, he always make that timely third down conversion. Really good out of the backfield. Really good vision as a runner. Like you just one of those versatile complementary pieces that kind of make an offense into a top ten unit. Because I you know to me Arizona was a top ten offense last year for all their flaws. One of my next ones is it's kind of an obvious one, but Packers without Devontae Adams mm-hmm. and also MVS. Like you use your two Two of your three top receivers, especially one special connection with Adams and with Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. And then, you know, the Christian Watson that they draft. There's been some mixed reports of him coming out. Um, though wide receiver lately, rookies do have an immediate impact upon arrival. Like the years of waiting for a rookie to develop. Like, nah, a rookie can come in and be your number one wide receiver right away. We saw it with Justin Jefferson. We saw with Jamar Chase, Odell was like that too. The list goes on and on. But I think the Packers without Adams, like how bad are their skill weapons? Bottom of the league. Has to be, right? You know, not in division because uh, good thing Chicago's there. Yeah, not but, in division. Uh, but besides, like, besides that, I don't know what. I mean, dude, it was, bad. it was bad even last year. I mean, it's been but, bad. But like, they, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. then, you know, they, they have, they had Devontae Adams at least. Now they don't even have him. So yeah. this is like a awful collection of weapons yeah like I, i'm shocked they haven't at least tried to trade for a receiver but that front office kind of they're kind of like baltimore they they just believe in what they do and look it's a winning recipe but i can't say it's a championship recipe because they haven't made the super bowl they, they're they're kind of like now of what the saints were a couple years ago just falling short in january and right now their roster i don't think they're built to win in january alan lazard Tanyan, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. Yeah. Running backs dope. Yeah, I I think besides in Cleveland, they got the best one two punch. Yeah. Easily, yeah. Because I think AJ Dillon's a star, if not already. Like AJ Dillon's gonna be a he's what a nightmare to tackle. Like if you could get him ten to fifteen carries a game, oh, what a luxury. Which I think is what they yeah. might do because yeah. they went all in on their defense again. Mm-hmm. Their first couple of draft picks were on defense, and you know they they paid Jair Alexander as well. He's one of the top paid corners in the league, and they missed him last year too. Dude mm-hmm. was out for the majority of the season. But I think Packers without Adams is going to be very very intriguing and. It could derail their season, dude, because mm-hmm. he bailed them out so many times. He bailed out Aaron Rodgers so many times. Like he would just the attention he would draw to. Like mm-hmm. I mean, what more can you say? That was such a special, unique connection. Yeah, and I'm just like I said I, 
I really thought they would try to trade for one of those Seattle receivers. Just to given the state of Seattle right now, I think I thought they could alert at least one of those receivers to come and because look, okay, you, no one, no one's on Adams' level, but Lockett would do serious damage to Rodgers. Like that Rodgers to Tyler Lockett, I don't think they could get DK Mecca. I think they're kind of set on keeping DK. But if if you're in rebuilding mode, like man, I would try to do everything possible to get a guy like Tyler Lockett. Give me one of yours. Mentioned Baltimore before. I'm going to mention him again. Uh, I just think how with that support cast, how can they play from behind? Because you know, as much as their ball control offense, you know, them heavily running the ball, and you know, it's a recipe for success. And they're, I think they probably have the best second there in the league. It's definitely up there uh, when healthy. They they have a, they're just looking really good on paper. But there's going to be times they're going to be from behind. It's just that's the nature of the AFC. And right now, it's just. Players don't develop or if they don't make a move or two, yeah, I, that's what's going to limit them. And I'm very concerned about how can they bounce back against a team like the Chargers, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. Like, you know, there's going to be games where they have to score points. And if they can't throw the ball, it's going to be a concern. They're a depth chart right now. Bateman, James, Prochet second, Duvernay. And then just some UDFAs. And then it's like... Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins is coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. Gus Edwards <clears throat> got hurt also. Like, <clears throat> you're right, man. They're <clears throat> their secondary is sick. Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphreys, they sign Marcus Williams, they sign Cal Hamilton he in the draft. Come, yeah. And everyone was like, right. Like, I feel like the Ravens can never make a mistake when mm-hmm. they take a defensive player. And yeah, their defense is going to be their core, but you got to score points, especially mm-hmm. in this conference. I absolutely agree with you. Um, okay, one of mine is uh, Chiefs Orlando Brown contract issue. It's a big one because we we saw the Chiefs with offensive line problems. It get really bad in in Kansas City if they don't like figure this out. If he holds out, mm-hmm. you know their their schedule coming out the gates is a little I would say a little difficult. He's a he's a mysterious case, Orlando Brown. So he was a right tackle. In Baltimore, and he pretty much won out of Baltimore because they would move the left tackle because he wanted to get paid. He's now in Kansas City where they're playing a left tackle, even though I don't think he's the best fit because he's a massive human being and he's <clears> not <throat> the most reliable pass protector. He's much better as a run blocker. It's just I don't know what that situation is like, and if they can't get under control like that, look, this offense is clearly going to go through a transitional phase without Tyree Kill. To not have a steady left tackle. Oh, man, because they, they've invested a lot in that O-line. The O-line was really good. And to now break up that successful pairing or just, you know, union in general, it would be hugely disappointing. They open up three of their first four games on the road. Oof. At Cardinals, Thursday night football against the Chargers. You know about, you know, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa if you have to deal with them. At Colts, at Tampa Bay. See, I always feel playing Thursday night to start a season is very troubling just because it's – Right away, you don't have much time to gel. I know later in the year the punishment adds up, but I don't know. I always feel like playing Thursday night later in the year is better just because I just think early in the season you're starting to find your rhythm. At least later in the season you could be hot, you know, find your rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's better prepared too. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I think, like you said, the offensive line was such a big issue going into last season, and they addressed it with all the moves that they made. Mm-hmm. And they lucked out with the two guys that they found in the draft. Like, one was a six-round pick. Yeah, uh, Smith. Uh, <clears throat> Trey Smith, the right guard. And yeah, obviously, and Humphrey's, Humphrey's a stud. The, and the stud, Joe, yeah. Joe Tooney's been awesome. So, 
Yeah, man. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Contract issues are always fascinating. I'm always pro player for that. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say that forever. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be fascinating. He's Especially a little bit of a concerning case, though, just because the way he went out in Baltimore. Because he literally went out in Baltimore just because he's he wanted to get paid. And look, I, we all want to get paid. But it's just he kind of bullied his way out of there. And now it's like for such a young player to have issues now with two organizations, not just two. Or- becomes a trend. Two very, Two very yeah. successful organizations this isn't as well. The Browns and the Jets. No, this is like, like you're not, crop. Yeah, yeah, like that's a very fair. So assessment. that's why this case I think is a little more concerning. So, uh, give me your last one. one. Yes, yeah, we're talking about Tyreek Hill. Now it's the big one. I feel like this is arguably might be the biggest concern. X factor question mark is just Tua. Can he make progression? If he because if he doesn't make progression, there really wasn't much of a point of Miami's madness this offseason. Because I don't think a team has invested more in improving their offense than Miami. When you look at getting Toronto Armstead and Tyree Kill, like they spent crazy to get both those players, and these are two of the best at their positions. Even though Armstead is pretty injury prone, when healthy, he's a top three left tackle, and that Miami offensive line was. Just inexplicably horrible as like they were a complete liability cross the board still not a good old line but at least having that left tackle it makes you feel a little bit better even though obviously Tua is uh left-handed but it's just he's got to make he's got to show progression I think he was the worst he had the worst completion percentage on intermediate throws you know he doesn't really like to throw deep it's not even a matter of throwing deep I just want to see some more efficiency because he's now with a play caller McDaniel that you know one of the biggest specialties in that San Francisco offense is they create yards after catch. And granted, yes, Debo's a cheat code, and Kittle is, damn, he's a cheat code as well, tight end, and Ayuk does damage as well. But, you know, you have some playmakers on offense that can do some serious damage. Whether, you have a lot of guys that could replicate what they were yeah, doing in San Francisco. Yeah, like Gazicki's a freak. Like, Gazicki can make is, things happen. We, we know what Wall's capable of. Cedric Wilson's a good complimentary piece, and then Tyreek Hill just got the ball in his hands. So this really just falls on Tua. So that's why I think this is arguably like the biggest X factor concern. However you want to phrase, like if Tua can't show progression, I just think Miami went all in, and it, it didn't really lead to much. Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert—they invested a lot, like you mm-hmm. said, Teron Armstead. They invested a lot in this offense to cater to Tua, which is what you should do, mm-hmm. right? Like, because now you can get a fair assessment of who he is. Yeah. When you're playing with these weapons, it's like, listen, bro, this. How many more chances do you need? Right. This to me, this is it. Is it? Yeah. yeah. That's it for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. My last one, and this is a little bit of a funny one, but uh, Zach Wilson distractions. Staying in division. I mean, yeah. I just. Oh man, what a weird case. Would you Would you make of that? Goofy. Goofy. I right? know people. Slow uh, news day. Slow news day. Salute to Kevin Clark. Um. <sighs> Like I know everyone's oh that's my quarterback. I just all right, yeah. He's QB one now. He's QB one now. All right. He's a little ruthless, man. I like that. Prove on the field this because I just feel like, man, other than the Tennessee game, what did he really prove last year? I can't recall a Zach Wilson moment where I was just like, Wow, he looks like a legitimate franchise quarterback. Like to me, it was problematic last year. Like, I watched that whole I know first game against Belichick is always rough, but it was scary those interceptions. Like all of them were pretty much to the defense. Like the, the the defensive backs did not really have to make a play on a ball. The ball was really thrown to them. So um, now, what do you mean? Like it's just purely like distraction, just because of the headlines, New York tabloids. Yeah, and that's the concern. I think it's just the concern of Zach Wilson, the quarterback. I mean, yo, look at what they've done, right? They bring in Br- Brees Hall, <clears throat> uh, top running back in the draft. Mm-hmm. They 
uh, get him another wide receiver in the draft in the first round. And Garrett Wilson, you had a great chemistry with Elijah Moore. Corey Davis has been a nightmare. I was looking at those stats. Elijah Moore had the numbers of Mike White and Joe Flacco. He actually had his lowest numbers oh, with Zach Wilson. So right. that that's is far-fetched, yeah. Like the Mike White games, you go look at those Elijah Moore stat lines, and then even with Flacco. So I, I, that's what I was telling me. I'm like, Zach Wilson really did not do anything last year. Like he got out. He got. Moment, he got outplayed. His only moment was the like the Tennessee game. The Tennessee game. And where when, it's like, Yo, yeah, chuck that shit. Yeah, you know, playing Yolo ball. But so I just think, and you know, we've mentioned a few times over the course of the off season. It's just I have zero expectations for the Jets. I think the Jets are one of the worst teams in the league, <laughs> and I don't expect anything from them. Yeah, you've been on the like it's it's the I, Jets. I, the I just Texans don't know how they're going to compete in the AFC. Like you look at the yeah. AFC. Like what teams are they better in the AFC besides the Jaguars and Texans? I can't name one. Yeah, I, I, even the Browns for all their issues right now, I think the Browns as a team would pretty much beat the Jets <clears throat> definitively, just purely off their defense and offense line running backs. So yeah, I just that's why like with the Jets, I'm just like, I think the concern is just like can Zach Wilson play quarterback? Can in he the be NFL? something? Yeah, that the <clears throat> yeah, forgot the distraction. It's just you, if, if yeah. you're going the field, all right, cool. Yeah. You now you really are QB one. You're not just dude that has the legendary story. I guess you could say. That's fair. Yeah, so. that's fair. Uh, but, are, but, but clearly, like, so you're kind of high on the Jets. I mean, high is like. <laughs> are you optimistic? No, I think <clears throat> I think they could be better this year and have a worse record. Oh yeah, it's possible. Like I think they could be competitive. I think if Zach Wilson emerges and can be something, I think they could be. Like fun and interesting, yeah. but they're they're like a five win team today. Yeah, pretty much. Because you, know? you know it's interesting. Like I know a lot of Giant fans, and they usually just can't stand the Jets. You're like you're one of the few Giant fans, and now I just like the Jets. Yeah, they're cool. it's hard to hate on the Jets because like they've been so bad. But like you're just like yeah, the Jets. I hate them once every four years when we play them that week. Oh, and okay. the last couple of times we played them, we're both two and twelve, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I, what was the last one? The 2015 was like the last competitive one. I think the last competitive one where like With I really cared was like the Fitzpatrick yeah. Brandon Marshall. Like they won that game in overtime. I think it might have been uh-huh. like that one was, you know, Eli was still there. And I think the Giants had like shit the bed anyway, but yeah. it was like, ah, right, let's derail yeah. this jet season. But then, besides that, I don't have. Yeah. They had the classic Christmas Eve yeah. with a mob Bradshaw. Yeah. Just running through Broadney Pool. Classic. Yeah. I mean, the Victor Cruz. Yeah. That, too, that's when it, you know, the two years that the Giants won the Super Bowl, they beat the Jets in the regular season. Wow. So I have nothing against the Jets. Yeah. I never do. But that's like, good. That's yeah, a healthy approach. I just know some, like, the, the, some reason, like, it's so weird, like the just New York football fans I know. It's just like, like we're not in as bad of a shape as the other New York team. Like we're not as much of a bear. So I'm like, all right, but, but both nah, of your te- <laughs> both of your teams have just have been rough. Like there is there is some truth to that too. Like, but I I try to assess. I think I'm pretty like rational and critical of the Giants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so like it doesn't. It's just weird, bro. Like you probably see this too. Like when you talk when you say anything negative about a team in the NFC South. Don't people just say, oh, you're a Falcon fan. Oh, no, people say I'm compliment the Saints too much. I'm like, the Saints are like, they've been doing good. Like, yeah. what do you want me to say? No, nah, that, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like, you got like I can't it. say I can't say anything critical of any of the teams in, like, the NFC. Yeah, I know, I know like, Cowboys is tricky with you. Oh, uh, you a hater, bro. It's like. Cowboys uh, is think, tricky for you. Yeah. <clears throat> Cowboys is super yeah. tricky. I yeah. get shit for the Cowboys all the time. It's like, yo, have I not been, like, pretty pretty accurate with and them? And January comes around and, you know. They do the first round bounces, <laughs> you know, and they're out of here. Uh, all right, man. This was fun. Tell the people where they can find you. Is there anything you're working on? Uh, Alan Sturk, A-L-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. Uh, I have a couple podcasts 
work on right now, but just primarily Falcons based. I got to do something cool recently where it was like a flashback episode. I got I, I highly doubt you remember this game, but it was back in 05. It was a divisional round game between the Falcons and the Rams. I think this was right after the Jets got eliminated by the Steelers. They dug Brian, missed a field goal, and it was devastating. But the Falcons, this is like prime Vic done ducket days and they just smashed the rams and we got like this was mark bolger Rams. yeah right? poor mark bolger was like on his last and tory holt you know your guy That's my boy yeah tory holt was there but like this was like marshall fox last year this was steven jackson like his only playoff game poor guy so we did that flashback and oh rest in peace the great tony saragusa it was great to hear his voice on this, this is like peak one i think goose is like the first guy to really make silent reporting like real entertaining like like looking back on it, like watching that game, you know what was so special about Tony Saragusa? He could be critical of something. Like he was just like the Rams, like run uh, fits were just embarrassing. Like they had no discipline. Their, their secondary couldn't tackle anyone. Like Warwick Dunn didn't have to put a move on anyone. He just ran right through him. But like Tony Saragusa made being critical entertaining. Like he was just talking about, oh, the umpire needs to get a helmet on and fill up the B gap. Like he was just like, even when he was being harsh, not harsh, even when he was being critical of a bad defense, he still like made it entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and not many people could do it because we get so wrapped up when a team does something bad, just like, how, what are they doing? Like, this is inexcusable. Like, you get angry. Tony Sergusa was just making, like, complete light of it. And, like, he just he just made it entertaining. So, and that's a hard skill. Like, so, recipes to him. And that was, like, one of the biggest highs. But, yeah, I got that coming out. We did, like, a Falcons-Rams flashback. So, if you want to hear old-school Michael Vick talk and just a very bad, very weird Rams team. I think the Rams were 8-8 eight eight that year. Like, one of the few 8-8 eight eight teams to make the playoffs. And, Did you ever yeah. do a flashback of 2012? No, absolutely not. Like, I got, I, I got a picture to look at. Giants, Falcons, <laughs> let me know, bro. Oh. The Dirty Bird by Hakeem Nick. I mean, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we'll get that 2 nothing lead. <laughs> Damn, dude. We were both at that game. We didn't know each other then. No. That's uh, wild. Yeah, and a crazy year later, we, we, we like... We kind of knew each other. We ran into each other at WrestleMania. I remember that day. He was like, hey, you're going to have a way better this experience. I'm like, leaving the show. This is one of the worst WrestleManias ever. It wasn't as bad as the Falcons one, but this is one of the worst. Like, besides our, um, Taker Punk, like, that was a really bad Mania. That was the last Undertaker win at Mania. Last on the, on the streak. Yeah, on the streak. Oh, on the streak. Because then okay. he loses to Brock the year yeah, after. Yeah, Like, you agree with me. Like, you were at that Mania. I, t- I, thought, that was yeah, one of the, was, I thought it was one of the worst yeah. Manias ever. I also ever. didn't like it because it was mad cold, bro. It was. I remember wearing Under Armour. I mean, it was in April. Ralph. Yeah. yeah, it was in April and outdoors. Like, yeah. One of the biggest mistakes New York has ever done, or New Jersey, is MetLife being not a dome. Like, do you know how many events? Bro, they would have had at least another Super Bowl here. Oh, yeah. Like, without a doubt. Like, yeah. how do you not make it? I hear Chicago's trying to push for a dome. They shouldn't take it. <clears throat> they want more money. Do it. Yeah. Minnesota made a dome. Yeah. Well, Minnesota I mean, you have, you have a, a quarterback now that he could do a lot better in a dome. That's, so. that's, for, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. People, move with the times. Get a dome. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.